Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Coming up on today's podcast. Any situation, no matter how wrong, no matter how dysfunctional, no matter how discouraging it seems to be, God's grace brings us out of those dark places into the place of light and love and mercy. Hello, friend. So glad to have you back with us for this episode of the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast with host Deacon Steve Greco. If you've listened to any of our programs, I trust that you've been fed spiritually in your faith. And if you've scanned through our episode page, you've no doubt seen the name of Father Augustine Puckner as one of our favorite guests. He just has a way of drawing you in with his words, words that are truly anointed. So, do you consider yourself an encourager? In these days of darkness and negativity, are you a positive person? Let's talk about it. Today's program is titled, Living an Integrated Catholic Life. Here's Deacon Steve to get us started. Hello everyone, this is Deacon Steve Greco, high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Christ Cathedral, and I am just like a little kid in a candy store. Uh, It's like Christmas morning for me, (laughs) because I have um, a friend, a priest, who has been such a big inspiration for me. The pastor at St. John the Baptist in Costa Mesa, Norbertine, Father Augustine Puckner. Welcome to the show, Father. Thank you, Steve. Great to be with you. I was so blessed that Father assisted us at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Irvine, California uh, for eight years. And every single time that he celebrated a Mass and, and I assisted him as a deacon, I just felt the love of Jesus and the love of the Holy Spirit. And I have to share something with you. Uh, This is to all of our radio audience. When you have someone in your life that makes you feel better about yourself and builds up your confidence and, and you can just feel the love of Jesus in that person, that's someone that you want to be around. And that's what Father Augustine was. And mm. so many times he would say, after I'd give a homily, he'd make a comment about it, mm. you know, and he would encourage it. And it, for me, it just built confidence. And being an encourager, you know, by the way, our dog, believe it or not, is named Barnabas. And as you know, in scripture, Barnabas was the encourager. Son of encouragement. Son yeah. of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important that we be encouragers, Father? Well, that's the mission of Christ. That's the power of the Spirit, right? Because there are so many things in life that can drag us down, that can distract us from the good things, that can lead us to doubt God's love and God's blessings. That's why the, the work of the Spirit, the work of the church is constant encouragement so that people realize that, you know, the hope that Jesus brought to this world is everlasting. And that needs to be the foundation for how we need to be positive in our lives, how we need to constantly continue to strive for better things for ourselves, for others that we love and serve, for the world that we live in. You know, there are so many other things in life that just say, you know, well, give in to your discouragement. 
and the way in which Jesus and the message of the gospel completely goes against that. And you could say rises above that, rises above the negativity uh, and the doubts and despair that, that is, it's part of life and certainly a part of the world we live in. It's interesting. Uh, we had in in the studio uh, in a show that that had previously aired. Now the new bishop, which is an incredible guy, mm-hmm. Bishop uh, Timothy Tim Fryer, and we were talking about reconciliation, the critical nature of it, about how the devil, you know, spiritual warfare constantly is leading us into sin. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then once you sin, it's just the condemnation. Mm-hmm. you know, how horrible we are. Mm-hmm. And so many people are struggling in which they look at themselves and say, I am not a good person. You know, I, I go and I give talks all over the place and I talk about holiness and I ask them, I said, how many of you in this audience feel that you're holy? And I very rarely get anybody to raise their hands. And then I'll ask them, is anybody, do you feel anybody in the audience is holy? And there are priests and deacons and sisters there. And often people, no one raises their hand, right. you know, because they think that that means perfect, right. you know, never having sin. Right. The reality is, is that Jesus died on the cross for us. And when we say yes to him, it is his grace, his forgiveness that washes us clean. Mm-hmm. And the title of this show is Living an Integrated Catholic Life, Living a Life of Abundance, as it says in John 10, 10, that he has come to give us life and life abundantly. It starts with understanding how much God loves us. Amen. In so many ways, the positive message of the gospel, forgiveness of sins, redemption, salvation. It's a renewal. It's an uplifting. It's bringing us from that that state of, you know, despair or desolation into that relationship with God, which completely renews that hope and renews that enthusiasm. As priests, part of our ministry, certainly in many ways, is just to meet people in this situation. They don't feel loved. They don't feel appreciated. And not just by God, but even on a human level. And that's where to offer them this beautiful message that you are loved, you are indeed appreciated, you have been created by a loving father who simply wants you to enjoy the blessings of this life and be faithful to him so that we can experience the fullness of joy, a joy and a satisfaction beyond anything that we can even imagine in this life. But in this life, it starts with that. It starts with that beautiful awareness of being loved by God, of being appreciated by others, that everyone, every person, no matter what their you know physical condition, mental condition, whatever it may be, they are a gift from God. And the church treats them that way. And I think in a very unique and positive way. And that brings these people to an awareness of the fact that, you know, the love of God is real. It's not just a beautiful message. It's not just something that we talk about. It's something that needs to be experienced. And the more uh, the ministry of the church can bring people into that awareness They are loved by God and the service of the church. Everything that we do is basically to make people more and more aware of that and to have that love have a more deep effect in their life. That's a really, really powerful thing. I often have over the years and, and we had mentioned off the air of our uh, recent trip to the Philippines where we prayed individually over nearly a thousand inmates. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just amazing Mm -hmm. in detention ministry so many people feel so condemned and my brothers and sisters take a look at Romans chapter eight, verse one, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
It's the woman who committed adultery, who felt that condemnation with people ready to stone her to death. And Jesus asked her, is there anyone here accusing you, condemning you? And she said, no, they're gone. And Jesus said, I also do not condemn you, accuse you, you know, but go and sin no more. And so the point is, is that there is no condemnation when you accept Jesus and have that love within your heart. And so many people feel condemned. Mm -hmm. So many people, you know, they hold on to that sin. They hold on to that brokenness. Jesus wants to free us of that bondage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and in the sacramental ministry and confession, this is certainly where, you know, the rubber meets the road, right? In regard to forgiveness and God's mercy. And occasionally, certainly in confession, there are those times where the priest has to reinforce and continually remind the penitent of this beautiful fact that, you know, forgiveness is about that expression of God's merciful love, that they need to forgive themselves as well as to experience the forgiveness that comes from God and through the sacraments. But when one has been, you know, deeply injured, severely wounded, emotionally, psychologically, especially, it takes a while for that healing to really take place. But Jesus came to heal. We had it in the gospel this morning, right? The double miracle, right? The healing. And then of course, the, the, the raising of the, of the girl back to life. Fantastic. The power of God can heal, can transform, can, you know, make any situation, no matter how wrong, no matter how dysfunctional, no matter how discouraging it seems to be, that God's love and God's mercy can make every situation into something that is positive because of that healing, because of the fact that God's grace brings us out of those dark places into the place of light and love and mercy. But for all the ways in which, you know, the, the negativity in the world that surrounds us, that that presents an obstacle for people to really, you know, become fully aware of the, the positive message of the gospel and God's grace. That's a great challenge. And that's, you know, in our ministry, we completely believe, though, that the power of the gospel and the power of God's grace is stronger, certainly, than any evil, than any, you know, uh, discouragement or difficulty that people can face in their lives. So that message of hope, I think, is so necessary for people who need that healing. My brothers and sisters, we're so blessed to have Father Augustine Puckner with us here, who is the pastor of St. John the Baptist in Costa Mesa, California. And we're talking about living an integrated Catholic life. And it starts with understanding how much we're loved. Yes. It starts with saying, yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. May my heart be open to your love and that forgiveness. And we're talking about the power of reconciliation. I can't emphasize enough, my brothers and sisters, the importance of that sacrament. Absolutely. And, you know, as a seminarian, we're educated and trained but in particular for sacramental practice, that was one of the most helpful and even just sort of fascinating aspects of my seminary formation, not only to go through the church's teaching and then the theory of, uh, you know, repentance and helping these people. But in Rome, when I was a student there, we had a wonderful, like it was a practicum, right? We had like practice confessions and uh, I was, you know, benefiting from the very wise counsel of my Dominican professor there at the Angelicum. And just that was information that I've had to apply so many times in my priestly ministry insofar as these people need first to understand that they are loved by God. And I thought 
that that seems too simple. That seems too easy. You know, I mean, perhaps in my life, I had never uh, significantly struggled with that. I did, you know, certainly from time to time. But he said, no, you're going to be ministering to people who really have completely lost that sense. And that's what you need to tell them first and foremost, before, you know, go and sin no more. You are loved by God. You are loved by God. And to have that experience, not only in sacramental ministry and confession, but in other situations, just counseling people to see the incredible emotion and the incredible response that that has brought from some people, you know, you want to see a grown man cry, tell them that they are loved deeply by God. It all starts with understanding how much God loves us. We talked about Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation, but take a look at the whole chapter. Take a look at the fact that in Romans 8, 28, all things work for good for he who loves the Lord and is called according to his purpose. And then later on, starting at verse 35, who can separate us from the love of God? Neither present things, nor future things, nor creatures, nor principalities, nor angels, nor anything can separate us from the love of God. When we say, yes, let me open up my heart to receive that love, meditate, Adoration. Now, I, you know, I have to say I could go all day long in giving commercials for both the Norbertines, St. John the Baptist. This is one of the, the few churches, I believe, that has 24-hour adoration. Yes. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why is adoration so important? Because it's our opportunity to be with the one who loves us. And we want to be in his presence and experience the warmth of that love, the inspiration of that love. You know, the Lord said, I will be with you always until the end of the world. And in this particular way, this unique way, his Eucharistic presence is the invitation for all of us to come and spend that time. In so many ways, the Adoration Chapel has been a source of blessing for uh, certainly the parish community and for the individuals that come. And I've heard numerous stories about people who just, they've experienced such a transformation of their lives. There's such a peace being in the Lord's presence. It inspires a prayer with such great confidence because there is the immediacy and the intimacy of Christ's Eucharistic presence. People are there because they know that the Lord loves them. The Lord is there to listen to them. The Lord is there to speak to them. There's so many ways. And for a Norbertine, for us, Eucharistic adoration is one of the central you know, aspects of our spirituality. St. Norbert himself had a great devotion to the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And that is one of the the marks, we could say, of our order, something special in our charism and in the ministry that we do. So to offer people this beautiful reality, Jesus is with us in a way that only faith can acknowledge. But thanks be to God that we have that faith. And when people come into that little chapel, our Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, they see others as well who are there, kneeling or sitting or just being in the Lord's presence. And that shared experience of the Lord being with us, the Lord being there to help us, that gives people great confidence. They, they, no one leaves Eucharistic Adoration without experiencing something special, a special blessing. My brothers and sisters, it is transforming because God is pouring out his love upon us to be there in adoration before the real presence of Jesus Christ there in the Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament. It's so important. And I will say to you right now, in the name of Jesus, because I feel very prompted to say this, there are some priests, some pastors, some deacons 
those on, on Perry staffs here as we are on 50 radio stations that are listening in right now and are saying, well, you know, it's logistically impossible or difficult, or whatever, you know, we hear that. But when you say yes to Jesus, it's very possible. I will give you an example. St. Michael's Church in Livermore, California, I'll give a shout out to them. We gave a number of workshops there and they told me as one particular night that I was there, the church was entirely filled, huge church filled. And I said, I am so impressed. And they said, everything changed when we went to 24 hour adoration. Oh, yeah. Every change, everything mm-hmm. changed. Mm hmm. The entire parish change. Do you want your parish on fire, my brothers and sisters? Amen. Do you want it on fire with the love of Jesus, with the new Pentecost? 24-hour adoration. And it is possible to do it. I know sure. there's some logistical issues, but... It is possible to do it. It's a challenge, but it's, again, worth the effort, and the blessings will be far, far, far beyond what whatever, you know, the sacrifices uh, that are needed to, to make a program like that a reality. In fact, I certainly attribute my own priestly vocation to the Adoration Chapel, which was established at my home parish. Shout out. Uh, shout out St. Mary's Visitation in Elm Grove, Wisconsin, Woo-hoo. suburb of Milwaukee, St. Mary's Parish. And when they started their perpetual adoration chapel, at that point, I was, you know, I think just graduating high school or just entered college. And my parents, indeed, had regular hours and they were part of the, the first you know generation of adores for the adoration chapel. And I, you know, there were so many people praying in that chapel. And one of their intentions, of course, was for an increase of vocations to the priesthood and religious life. And that parish community, like after they had just started the Perpetual Adoration Chapel, the next like four years, there were like seven vocations wow. from the parish wow. priests and a few religious sisters as well. So I mean, and the and the parishes continued to produce uh, vocations. So the fruits are just undeniable. When you just say, you make that, again, commitment to spend that time with the Lord, you and those you love and those you serve, you will be blessed beyond. The transformation will be spectacular, spectacular. When you trust in Jesus, and again, you look at the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. Jesus, I trust in you. When you trust in Jesus, when you have faith as big as a mustard seed, those miracles will happen. Remember Hebrews eleven six. it's impossible to please God without faith. He rewards those who believe he exists. And so when we have faith to say, yes, this can happen in my parish, great things happen. Now, we're talking about living an integrated Catholic life. We've been talking about the foundation of everything is understanding how much you're loved by Christ and being open to that and saying yes to that love. We've talked about reconciliation, which is also extremely important because we have to understand that we have a God of mercy, a God of forgiveness. As you said, forgive yourself forgive others, forgive God, so forth, and and be in that state of forgiveness. Another really critical point is really understanding the real presence. We've been talking about with adoration, but the importance of the Eucharist and daily mass. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a Norbertine. I won't say who it is, okay. but uh, it's Father Leo Chilano. Oh, shout was, out that to was going to be my first Father, guess. Father Leo, <laughs> that would say to me for years as my spiritual director, he would say for years, Steve, you know, you got to go to daily mass. Oh, well, you know, yeah, okay. And then, you know, it took a while. And then it was like, what, what was I missing? I mean, it is like, 
I, you know, we have to eat every day. We have to you drink every day. Well, we need that daily bread. Yes. We need to be fueled. And I know you fight it, my brothers and sisters, but in most areas, there are masses pretty much morning, noon, and night. Right. And if you want it, you can find it. Why is daily mass receiving the Eucharist daily if possible, but certainly preferable daily? Why is that so important? It just, it makes the faith a daily part of your life in the way that you, you, you no longer have to, in a certain sense, think about, well, you know, what is God going to do for me today or what will I do for God? You know, the benefits that we receive from Mass, obviously, are just beyond. So to have the habit of making that a regular and for many a daily part of your routine, again, the blessings, not only do you uh, receive the graces of mass itself, but you're there with other believers, right? You're there in the support of uh, people who are members of your spiritual family, members of your community, friends, family, etc. And to have that mutual support on a daily basis, to know that there are others who have made the same commitment, they're giving this part of their day to God in this beautiful act of sacred worship, again, that, that can only help strengthen one's faith, right? You hear the word of God, the scriptures Amen. every day. Uh, and that nourishment, again, you know, becomes uh, so deeply in our minds and in our memories and then into our hearts when we are experiencing that revelation of the scriptures every day. Uh, to assist at Mass, to be present for, again, that sacramental, the representation of the, the sacrifice of Christ himself, receiving the fruits of that sacrifice in Holy Communion, the daily blessings that you receive, the blessing at the end of Mass, go and, you know, in peace, uh, glorify the Lord by your life, all these things. To make that every day, uh, that commitment, again, it, I've seen it change so many people's lives and not only just, you know, to give them the strength to endure their hardships or struggles that are all part of our lives, but to make it an act of gratitude, an act of praise, an act of thanksgiving. To make it to daily mass uh, allows you to see so many good things in the other parts of your life. You're continually praising God for his goodness. You're continually thanking him for the many other blessings that you receive throughout the day. It's absolutely, that is for many, the game changer. A game changer. It, it is such a game changer. And you know, God brings you to your knees, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's what life is. Mm -hmm. God brings you to your knees mm -hmm. so that we understand how much we need him. As it says in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. My business was falling apart. And at that point in time, I went to daily mass and what happened was so unbelievable in terms of my whole business being turned around, mm -hmm. my being promoted and just all kinds of miracles happened. God wants to shower you with blessings, my brothers and sisters. I want you to think about this for a second. Can you do it on your own? We know the answer is no. There's no way. We need Jesus. Without me, you can do nothing. Jesus is going to protect you through the Eucharist, strengthen you through the Eucharist, allow you to fight that spiritual warfare, the slings and arrows of the enemy, heal you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically through the power of the Eucharist. There is so many incredible things that happen when you go to mass. In fact, it's often been said that, I mean, we would build everything around going to mass and being with Jesus if we even remotely understood a little bit Amen. about how important this is. Mm -hmm.
Friends, hate to break in here, but we're going to pause for now with part one of this two-part series on living an integrated Catholic life on the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast. Part two is in the queue, so click on to get more of that much-needed encouragement from our dear friend, Father Augustine Puckner of the Norbertine Order. If this message has impacted your heart, then by all means, please do share so that others may benefit also. For more information on this ministry, click on our website, spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit-Filled Media. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.